morning again. We're so glad you guys are here with us. It's spring break week, so we got a ton of people out of town taking some trips, doing those type of things. Uh, also, it's beautiful outside, so a lot of people are doing outside stuff. We hope that you get a chance to spend some time outside today and get to enjoy your spring break week. Uh, on your chairs, I forgot to do this first service, so they're probably like, what is this? Um, and so we have these things. Uh, we put them on your chair. Feel free to take these, invite a neighbor or a friend to our Easter services. Uh, we've talked about it several times. Easter services look a little different this year. And so we are starting on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. There'll be a service. Uh, it's exactly the same. All four services are exactly the same. Uh, but that starts at 7 o'clock. At 6.15, we'll have a cookout in the parking lot. So if you're late for getting off work or something like that, just go ahead and stop. Bring the family. We'll have food for you, a free meal for you uh, that night. So they'll start on 7 o'clock on Thursday. Uh, that Thursday service is moving forward. And so every Thursday, we will now have a, a service at 7 o'clock identical to the ones on Sundays. So if you have weekend plans, stuff like that, or your work schedule doesn't work out, we now offer a Thursday service. And then we're also doing a Saturday at 4 o'clock. Um, and so that one, um, right after the service at 4 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a, a carnival out in our back lot for the kids. There's bounce houses, cotton candy, snow cones, Easter egg hunt, all that stuff for you and your family to enjoy. And then we will also have our services at 10 and 1130 on that Sunday. So uh, typically around Easter, we get around 1,500 plus people. Uh, and so we have to add extra services that weekend. And we all can't fit in this room. It's small. And so uh, we need you to consider one of those services, especially a Thursday or Saturday, if you're available. But like we said, come to whichever service works for you and your family. And if you're inviting any guests, um, that as well. And like I said, that Thursday service will be moving forward. And we hope to see you at one of those. So we are wrapping up this series as we move into Easter um, and our series we're going to start after Easter. And so this faith that works is based on the book of James. And so we're wrapping that up this week. And so uh, to start, I just have to ask a simple question. Have you ever felt judged by someone? Yeah, of course you have, right? Um, and, and so the second question is, well, how did that feel, right? Did it feel good? Was that like a great day, you know? Um, and so the reality is all of us have felt judged at some point in time. And the reality is it's a horrible place um, to feel judged, to feel like someone's judging you, uh, to feel like someone's looking at you and making these judgments about you or making judgments about your lifestyle or who you are. And you can be judged for lots of things. You can be judged for the lifestyle you live, how you spend your money. Uh, you can be judged by what you wear. You can be judged by the way you look. Um, you can be judged by the friends that you keep. You maybe have been judged by relationships you've had to your boyfriend or your girlfriend is. Maybe you were judged by who you married. Uh, maybe you were judged by your tattoos or if, you, uh, if you're here, the lack of tattoos that you have. I'm the only one that doesn't seem to have any. And so uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't have any. And, um, and so you might feel judged at times in your life based on things. And this is something that's common to all of us. Uh, and then there's the fun one. I don't know if you ever had this happen to you. Have you ever been judged by the way you parent your children? Because that's fun, right? And so uh, that, this can happen. And so there's all these situations where um, that we, we judge people or, or we've been judged by people. And so the question is, well, how did that make you feel? And the answer is horrible, terrible, sad, angry. You fill in whatever word you need to use. And so the question is, why would you ever do that to someone else, right? And we could just stop there and pray and dismiss, and hopefully you learn something, right? We shouldn't do this to people because it, it makes us feel terrible when it happens to us, so why would we should do that to other people? So, um, so the other side of that is, is the reality that not only have we been judged, um, but also 
we've judged other people. All of us in this room are, are guilty on, on both counts, right? And we've all made judgments about other people. And, and, and maybe sometimes when we judge people, the, the thing that we're thinking is, well, you know, somebody should say something to them. And so we feel like it's justified because we see them making choices or doing things. And so we feel like I'm the one, like we were appointed, you know, we're the one that gets to go and, and say something to somebody. By the way, um, if you always feel like you're the one appointed to go judge everybody, there's a problem with you. And uh, just so you know, and so, um, or maybe it's this, this case. Well, everything I said to them is true. Well, we've talked about this. Everything you should say should be true. Everything you say should be true. Not everything true needs to be said. And if you don't believe me, for the next week, what I want you to do is go around and everything that's true, you need to say to everybody around you and see if anybody likes you afterwards, okay? Because they're not. And, and, and so we all get to this place, you know, and this type of thing. And, and the other side is this flip side. So um, we, we understand kind of our, about our basic psychology and stuff. Um, whenever you meet somebody for the first time, they estimate that within the first 30 seconds, you make 15 to 20 snap judgments about that person. Now, they're not always bad. You're, you're judging the way they look, their hair, their, their body type. I mean, you, you make all these kind of just like quick analysis in your head as to who this person is, the way they speak, the way they talk, all this stuff. And so you can't even help it sometimes that you're constantly forming opinions about other people, right? For example, some of you right now, you're, you're sitting here and you're in this room and you're listening to me, but you're also looking at me and you're thinking he should do something about that beard. It's getting a little, a little scraggly at times. Uh, I liked it better when he sat on the stool. You know, you're thinking all of these things. Um, you're judging me, so stop it, right? <laughs> Just, you got busted. It's okay, but it, it's natural that we, we do this. And so there is this element where some of this we can help maybe, and some of it, it feels like we can't help. Then comes the hard part for what we're going to talk about today, and then you come to church. Now, one of the descriptions that's used often about church people or people that come to church is that we are judgmental. In fact, some people, the reason that maybe you stopped going to church or the reason you haven't been a part of church in a long time is because you felt like that you were being judged by people, whether that was fair or not fair. And, and, and part of it, and I'm not defending our behavior, but part of it is this. If you grew up in church, um, very early on, you're taught a bunch of like rules. And so here's all the rules that you have to follow to be a good person. And so we start putting people in categories pretty early on. And so here's all the rules you have to follow in order to keep up and to be good and all this stuff. And, and there is this realization that like, you know, like two, three, four of those rules you struggle with. Okay. But we're just not going to talk about those, right? What we're going to do is we're going to focus on all the other ones that everybody else seems to struggle with. And so we're going to point out every time somebody else crosses the line or does something wrong. And we're just going to ignore kind of the ones that we deal with, right? I mean, that's just kind of one of these things that kind of happens sometimes. And so um, without even meaning to, sometimes people become judgmental because nobody likes to deal with the stuff they struggle with. We just want to deal with the stuff that everybody else struggles with. And, and so that becomes part of the game. And, and then it's this thing is that some of us feel like that if we were truly ourselves at church, that we wouldn't belong or that people wouldn't accept us. And so there becomes this weird dynamic when it comes to all of this thing. And, and, and so um, there's this interesting thing that happens. And, and so the other element of being judged is this, whether it's in the church or outside the church, is whenever you're judged, one of the things that, that makes it so difficult is you very rarely get to present your case, right? 
And so somebody makes a judgment about you or against you, or you, maybe it's perceived in your mind that they would do this, and you don't get to, to make a case for that self. And you don't get to say, okay, well, let me paint the whole picture of everything that's going on or what I was going through or what was happening to me that day that we kind of met and this thing happened. And because see, here's the thing. We believe, and it's true, that if someone gave us the opportunity to say everything that was going on, then we could present our case and maybe they would cut us a little slack. And then like there's this horrible thing that happens to some of us where somebody gets involved in your life and they come to you with kind of this understanding that they're looking out for you and they're wanting to get involved and they're wanting to get help and they have their be- your best interest in mind. And then it turns out that they really don't have your best interest in mind. And they were either trying to get information or sometimes what happens, and I know there's an ugly side of this, is sometimes the reason we don't want to deal with the stuff inside of us or the reason we like to know what's going on with other people is because if we can focus on them, it makes us feel a lot less worse about ourselves, right? Or there's this trick that we do in church sometimes, and and what happens is we get all this information about people, and, and then we find out this information, and then we start talking to other people about this information and these judgments that we're making. And what we say, because we want to sound good, is we say, well, the only reason I'm telling other people is so we can pray for you. No, you don't. You don't want to pray for them. You just want to feel a little bit better about yourself and, and, and maybe make them feel a little bit worse or feel like you have this inside information. And so there's this whole ugly kind of thing about all of this. And so um, we've all in this room experienced some elements of those things in some um, way or shape or form in our life. And, and so what do we do with all that? Because at some point, all of us are going to feel judged and we know it feels terrible. At the same time, at some point, all of us are probably going to judge other people. And so how do we work through all of this? Well, because this is such a huge conundrum, not only for us, but throughout human history, you would expect the Bible to talk about this. And it does. In fact, in the book that we've been covering, James, he kind of gets towards the end and he has this section where he talks about this. And so here's what he says in James chapter four. Don't speak evil against each other. All right, don't raise your hand, but how many of us have already failed that test this week or today, right? Dear brothers and sisters, if you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. And so he's saying, like, listen, you just kind of need to stay in your lane, all right? And just kind of work through this stuff on your own. You're going to go around being the judge of everybody. God alone, who gave us the law, is the judge. So James and Tupac agree. Only God can judge, right? He alone has the power to save. Some of you guys, you can Google that later. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. And then here's the question. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? So what right do you have? Now, it's a great question. Now, the other side of this question is this. There are things that need to be addressed, right? There are things in our lives and in other people's lives that that we've talked about this before. Like if we see somebody going down a path, if we see somebody making decisions, um, sometimes the loving thing, we talked about this last week with peacemakers, Um, is to actually get involved and to try to figure out, as long as we're coming with the right motives, how we help this person, not how we judge this person or condemn this person. So Jesus, he gives this great teaching to kind of back up what James is saying, although it came before James. So actually James is backing up what Jesus says. And so in Matthew chapter seven, Jesus gives this famous teaching. He says this, do not judge, verse one, do not judge or you too will be judged. So he's making a statement, all right? 
So, so do not judge. That's where we get that from. We shouldn't judge people. Um, or you too will be judged. So, so here's the thing. What we know oftentimes is the people in our lives that are more critical of other people are also the people that other people are critical of, right? Have you ever noticed that pattern? Because, you know, if you're, if you're going to go out there and start judging and making judgment statements about everybody and judging people and feeling like you're putting people in their place or whatever, just know that you're probably also setting yourself up for the way you judge people. There's other people probably judging you for the things that you're judging people for. So there's this whole dynamic, all right? And then he says, or you two will be judged. Now, here, here's what doesn't happen. Jesus doesn't tell us who you're going to be judged by because that's not the point. What he's trying to do is kind of start with this common ground of realization that if you're going to go around judging people, know that it might be coming back to you and on you. And he says this, and this is the important part. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Have you ever met somebody that goes around judging everybody and then gets really upset when people judge them. And there's a pattern there, isn't there? To each of us, we say, well, well hold on a second. First of all, um, so the reason I'm judging them, and let's just make this case, is because there's something wrong. Right? I wouldn't judge people if there wasn't something wrong. If everybody just, you know these people, because I'm one of them, so i got to say it myself. If everybody just did what I said and thought, everything would be fine, Right? The problem is them because they don't do what I think and what I say and what I think they should do. And the problem is they are messing up. Somebody needs to talk to them. And and you've got a bunch of thou shall nots and you've got some Bible verses. All of a sudden you can remember Bible verses, right? And, and, you know, um, you know, but here's the thing. You said, don't judge unless you go into it understanding that the way you judge others, you will be judged, His point is not that there aren't people in the world or situations that need to be dealt with. His point is not that we shouldn't address some of these things in our lives or the lives of other people. He just wants you to know that if you're going to judge, right, then understand that the same thing may come back on you. Now, that sets up a question. If I'm going to be judged, how do I want to be judged? And the way I want to be judged is fairly But the other thing is that I want, if you're going to judge me, I want everything to be taken into consideration before you make that judgment. And the reality is we don't offer that to people, do we? But so let me give you an example. So if you're going to judge me based on anything that I've done or said to hurt you or offend you or anything that happens, and it will happen, I get it, it's part of being a human. Um, But here's what I want you to take into consideration. I want you to take into consideration where I was raised, how I was raised, what I had and what I didn't have, I want you to take into consideration what my childhood was like, right? Because your childhood, your formative years. So for example, let me just kind of go tell you this. Um, I was the baby on both sides of my family by like six years. So like all of my cousins growing up, and we had a tight family, close family, they were like six years older than me. Um, and, and on one side, it was primarily boys, which means that they beat the snot out of me when I was a kid. Remember wrestling, right? Remember like tag team wrestling? Oh, they did tag team wrestling. It was six on one every time, all right? Um, my cousins on the other side, some of my female cousins, one year for Christmas, this is a true story, by the way, um, they took all my Christmas presents and hid them and said that Santa didn't come from me, right? Yeah, that happened in my childhood. 
Uh, my other cousins that used to beat me up, they also left me in the woods one time to find the Native American that lived in my parents' woods, imaginary, for three hours until one of my aunts came and found me, right? So if you want to know what's wrong with me, there you go. Um, I was also a chubby kid. Any chubby kids in here? Right? My mom bought me jeans that said husky on them. Right? That's a terrible thing to put on children through, Right? Uh, you know, I, I had to get glasses when I was like, you know, at the end of elementary school. So if anybody grew up with glasses, you know how miserable that is. Um, my mom one time gave me a chili bowl haircut um, six years after people were getting chili bowl haircuts. Um, you know, and, and, and so all of that, that's just, don't feel bad for me. I, I was fine. And so, uh, you know, so, but then, you know, you get and, and you get some friends that finally accept you, right? And accept who you are. And yeah, they didn't make the best choices in life and, and all that, but they were the ones that accepted me. And, and, you know, so the reason that I did some of the things that I did is because this is the group. So here's, here's my point. I want you to take in consideration everything. See, I communicate for a living. So you let me talk long enough, I can get you to feel sorry for me, right? And I can all of a sudden make a case. I can make a case. I'm so good. Jesus will come along and put his arm around me and say, you poor child, no wonder you're such an idiot, right? You know, like that's what I want. So if you're going to judge me, if God's going to judge me, I want to be able to say everything and have you take everything into consideration. And here's the deal. I'm not the only one, right? If someone's going to judge you, here's what I need. I need you to be fair. And I need you to be able to let me communicate to you every single thing, every single factor that's led to this point. And if that's what you want for you, and that's what I want for me, then why would I not offer that to somebody else? And that's Jesus' point. Because if you're just going to cut somebody off at the knees and not even listen to them, then why would you expect anybody else to offer you anything different? And then don't get upset because the same measure you use will be measured against you. And so then Jesus says, okay, so if that's not enough for you here, let me, let me give you an answer because there are things that need to be addressed. Like, so, so it's not a dismissal, okay? He's just setting you up. If you're gonna judge, here's what you need to know. So, but if the moment comes that you do need to make a statement to somebody or to judge somebody, here's what he says in verse three. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So here's the picture he's painted. You see somebody and they got something in their eye and you're like, hey, I need to deal with this. And meanwhile, you're walking around life like this, Right? I mean, it's a ridiculous illustration. That's why he makes it, because it's true. See, some of us, that's what we do, isn't it? I'm going to walk around, and I'm going to look for the teeny, tiniest little thing in you, but nobody addressed this. And he asked a really important question, and I think it's one that if we just sat and pondered this long enough, it might deal with some of the stuff going on. He says, why do you? So here's the question. When it comes to judging other people, ready? Why do you even care? Have you ever thought about that? Like I'm making all these judgments about people and I'm putting people in these categories and I'm making these things. Like, why do you even care? Is the reason that you want to address this issue, is it the fact that like you, you just love them so much? 
Is it that you're so holy and you can't stand for any injustice in the world? Or, or is it possible that one of the reasons that you care so much to point out everybody else's faults is that you hope nobody will pay attention to yours? See, if I can get you to everybody looking at their speck, then, then maybe nobody will acknowledge this that's going on in me. And so Jesus says, well, why, why, why do you even care? Why do you look at the speck in your brother's, in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And so here, here's, here's something to think about. Um, have you ever stopped to think while I'm looking at you, and this goes back to a couple weeks ago, why is it that we never look at ourselves first? And why is it that I and you are so willing to look at them, but never to actually pay attention to what's actually going on in us? And then he says this, he's going to double down on it. He's going to say uh, in verse four, how can you? So this is, so why, why what's your motivation for actually addressing this issue? Number two, how can you? Because I'll be honest with you, if I'm walking around like this, I really can't see very well right now, all right? My peripheral is kind of messed up, my depth perception. How, how do I even know there's something in your eye? And, and so here's a way to say it, like, how are you even going to do that? Like, like, how are you actually going to look at somebody when you got this thing, this, you know, I got corrected, somebody judged me. I said a one by three in first service. It's a two by three. So there you go, buddy. I, I said it right this time, all right? <laughs> How, how are you even going to, how, how do you even do that? Now, if your response is, well, wait a minute, Jeremy, okay, you and Jesus, I understand what you're saying, um, but a plank in my eye, that's a, little, that's a little much. And I think what Jesus would say, like in those moments that you feel so tempted to look at someone and feel like the issue is all theirs, in those moments when that self-righteousness kind of rises up, in those moments, because here, here's the truth, isn't it? In those moments when we judge people, is our motivation for why we do it, is it actually because we're looking for, for good or is it that anger that slowly starts to creep up? And he says, so, so how, how are you, you going to do that? Like, like how are you just going to ignore you and look at them? We started the series when James says, you know, the Bible is like this mirror that you look in. And, and none of us would, would walk away with, you know, um, it's like Monty Python, like it's a flesh wound. You know, you got a, a one by three or two by three sticking out of your head. But you won't even pay attention to that. Now, when you hear me say that or you hear Jesus say that, if something inside of you kind of starts to push back and your pushback to this whole thing that Jesus has said so far is, well, are we just supposed to ignore all the bad in the world? Are we just supposed to ignore all the sins in the world? Because they're sinners and they're sinning and they're doing all this stuff. And are we supposed to ignore all the bad decisions people are making and the, the downfall of our society and the unrighteousness we see and the injustice? Are we supposed to like just ignore all of that? And here's, here's what I think Jesus would, would say is he would say, no. That's there, like he's acknowledging, and this is important, there is something in their eye. But, but maybe you need to look first and just see if there's anything that's stopping you before you go to them. And then he says something really strong, right? He says, verse 5, you hypocrite. 
you hypocrite. And the context of this is he's saying, just so we're really clear, a hypocrite is someone who judges somebody else without first taking a look at themselves. That's, that's the context. So it's anybody that goes around judging other people without first dealing with the stuff in their heart and in their mind. So just so we're all clear, that's all of us, isn't it? People often tell me that the reason they can't come to church is because the church is full of hypocrites. And I'm always like, you'd fit right in because you are too. So just come on. Like it's everybody gets to play. See, Jesus is not denying there's not a problem. Jesus isn't even denying that there's not a speck in somebody else's eye. There's not a problem with somebody else that needs to be dealt with. Um, but he says, you hypocrite. See, see, you first got to deal with yourself. See, I can't help you unless I'm willing to deal with myself. See, see, if you got a speck in your eye and I got to help you get it out and I got a two by four sticking out of my head, like that's not going to, I'm going to hurt you even worse, aren't I? Because I can't see. I might poke you in the eye. I might hit you with this thing. Uh, and see, here's, here's the thing. Most of culture and most of the world have written us off because we're hypocrites. See, it's not that culture doesn't recognize that there's a problem. It's not that the people you're talking to aren't willing to not realize that there's something wrong with them. But I think part of the problem is that they look at us and they're like, well, how would I listen to you? See, I think some of the dynamic that happens sometimes is we want to take a look at somebody else and then we have this leverage we think we have because we're right and we're Christians and we got Jesus on our side. And, but we don't want to address it in ourselves. And, and so this happens in culture. It happens between fathers and sons and mothers and daughters, husbands and wives. It happens in friendships and in neighborhoods. See, is someone coming to me and willing to tell me about the speck in my eye, but when I look at them and I see something far worse than them, like why would I listen to them? And so Jesus says, if you're going to do this, here's what you have to do. You, you first, now, now let me pull everybody back in because this is where some of you will be like, oh, okay, I see where we're going. He says, first, first deal with this. And the reason he says first is because there is a second. And the second is, you know what? There is something in them that needs to be dealt with. You weren't wrong. You weren't wrong in saying that there's something not right there. But that's the second thing you do, not the first. And here's why this is important. Because people that become self-aware enough to actually truly look in the mirror and go through the hard process of dealing with this, you know what you're less likely to do when you find somebody else that's got some stuff in their life? Attack them condemn them, hurt them, because you know how hard and how tough it is to get this out of your eye. And so you're less likely to hurt them in the way that maybe you've been hurt. So Jesus says, first look in the mirror, and then, are you ready? Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And only then, you have enough clarity to do that. 
See, the truth is, if I'm willing to do the hard work of looking at myself and realizing all the ways in which I've fallen short and messed up and hurt people and done things wrong, if I'm willing to do that, do you, do you know what I now am? I am the perfect candidate to gently and slowly and patiently help you remove what's in your eye. But we have to get there, don't we? And we don't want to because it's hard and it's slow and it's so much easier for me just to tell you what's wrong with you without dealing with actually inside of me. But this is not the way of Jesus. Jesus looks at Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and he says, For the Son of Man, speaking of himself, did not come into this world to condemn the world, to judge the world. And so what business do you and I, as his followers, if that's not what he came for, why do we think that's what we're here for? Now, there is another part of this lesson, one that we have to address. Because see, some of you in this room, you're like, man, that's a good sermon. He's really giving it to them, isn't he? (laughs) And the problem is that there are some of us in this room are listening. And you like it because so far I've dealt with the judger. But here's what you need to know. See, we go around in life throwing around this statement. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. The Bible says don't judge me. Well, I want you to take a deep breath and just pause. And I want you to ask this question. Is it possible that one of the people who stopped by, one of the people who called you on the phone, one of the people that tried to set up lunch or coffee with you, is it possible that they're coming to you not because they want to judge you, not because they want to condemn you, but because they want to help you? And you keep throwing around these statements And you keep brushing them aside and you keep pushing them away and saying, you can't judge me. And is it possible that God is putting somebody in your life that's already dealt with this in their own life and they know how hard it is and now they want to come and help you because they love you and they care about you and they know the path firsthand that if you aren't willing to deal with some of this stuff, where it's headed. Is it possible that that is going on? And you keep saying, well, God says, the Bible says, don't judge. No, actually what the Bible says is that we're supposed to help each other. The Bible does say that we're supposed to carry each other's burdens. Jesus says that after you're willing to do that, then you can see clear enough to remove the speck from your brother's eye so that they can see more clearly. And so is it possible that that's what's going on? Now, here's the question, the the $10,000 question, right? So, and the promise is that if you're willing to go through this hard part, then then you see more clearly because now you're not dealing with this and they see more clearly and everybody wins. And, And so the question is, what do we see more clearly if we do this process? If we stop judging and we stop condemning and we actually deal with the stuff in our life, but also are willing to go to our brother and sister and help them in a loving way, what do we see more clearly? And the answer is simple. We see Jesus better. And because we now see Jesus maybe clearer for the first time ever, we're able to follow him. We're able to allow him to have some more say in our life and in our relationships 
because now we all see clearly that he is here to love us and to forgive us and to bring us hope in a world that seems desperate for it. And so maybe if we followed this process and we judged a little less and we condemned a little less, we followed actually what Jesus says to do, maybe we would see him more clearly and there'd be more hope in our lives and more hope in this world. And maybe just at the end of the day, if we actually did this, all of us would have a faith that actually works. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you, God. I pray that all of us in this room, regardless of what side of the aisle we fall on, whether we're the person that feels like we've got to judge everybody or we're the person that feels like we've been judged, God, my prayer is that we learn, God, that we learn from your words, we learn from the truth, God, that we would all learn to be, as your word says in James, to be a little bit more patient with each other. Um, God, my prayer is that for some of us in this room, um, we needed to hear this because we've been walking around uh, with a plank in our eye and we've been hurting people with it. And God, maybe we need to deal with some stuff in our own hearts and our own minds. And God, maybe for some of us in this room, it's we keep pushing people away and pushing people off that actually have been sent in our life to help us to be able to speak truth into our life, not because they need to be right, but because they want to see us grow and become the best version of ourselves. And so God, whatever that is, God, I just pray that you work within us. You give us the wisdom that we need, the strength that we need. God, you help us to be able to build stronger relationships, stronger marriages, God, stronger friendships. And for us as Christians, God, you help us to be able to restore our reputation in people's lives and in this community. So Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the grace and the mercy that you give us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.